Section 36 of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sean Michael Hogan. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 2, by Robert Burton. Section 36. Partition 2, Section 5, Member 1, Subsection 5. Alteratives and cordials, corroborating, resolving the reliques, and mending the temperament. Because this humor is so malign of itself, and so hard to be removed, the reliques are to be cleansed by alteratives, cordials, and such means. The temper is to be altered and amended, with such things as fortify and strengthen the heart and brain, which are commonly both affected in this malady, and do mutually misaffect one another which are still to be given every other day, or some few days inserted after a purge, or like physic, as occasion serves, and are of such force that many times they help alone, and as Arnoldus holds in his aphorisms, are to be preferred before all other medicines, in what kind soever. Amongst this number of cordials and alteratives I do not find a more present remedy than a cup of wine or strong drink, if it be soberly and opportunely used. It makes a man bold, hardy, courageous, wetteth the wit, if moderately taken, and, as Plutarch saith, it makes those which are otherwise dull to exhale and evaporate like frankincense, or quicken, Xenophon adds, as oil doth fire. A famous cordial Matthiolus in Dioscordum calls it an excellent nutriment to refresh the body. It makes a good color, a flourishing age, helps concoction, fortifies the stomach, takes away obstructions, provokes urine, drives out excrements, procures sleep, clears the blood, expels wind and cold poisons, attenuates, concocts, dissipates all thick vapors, and fuliginous humors. And that which is all in all to my purpose, it takes away fear and sorrow. Cura sedaces dissipat avius. It glads the heart of man. Psalm 104, 15. Ilaritatis dulce seminarium. Helena's bowl, the sole nectar of the gods, or that true Nepenthes in Homer, which puts away care and grief, as Orobasius and some others will, was not else but a cup of good wine. It makes the mind of the king and of the fatherless both one, of the bond and freeman, poor and rich. It turneth all his thoughts to joy and mirth, makes him remember no sorrow or debt, but enricheth his heart, and makes him speak by talents. Esdras 3, 19.20.21 it gives life itself, spirits, wit, etc., for which cause the ancients called Bacchus liber pater a liberando, and sacrificed to Bacchus and Pallas still upon an altar. Wine measurably drunk, and in time, brings gladness and cheerfulness of mind. It cheereth God and men. Judges 9.13. Letitiae Bacchus dator, it makes an old wife dance, and such as are in misery to forget evil and be merry. Bacchus et afflictis requiem mortalibus affert, crora licet duro compere vincta forent. Wine makes a troubled soul to rest, though feet in fetters be oppressed. Demetrius in Plutarch, when he fell into Seleucus's hands and was prisoner in Syria, spent his time with dice and drink that he might so ease his discontented mind, and to avoid those continual cogitations of his present condition wherewith he was tormented. Therefore Solomon, Proverbs 31, 6, bids wine be given to him that is ready to perish, and to him that hath grief of heart let him drink that he forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Solicitis animis onus eximit. It easeth a burdened soul, nothing speedier, nothing better. 
which the prophet Zechariah perceived when he said that in the time of Messias they of Ephraim should be glad, and their heart should rejoice as through wine, all which makes me very well approve of that pretty description of a feast in Bartholomeus Anglicus, when grace was said, their hands washed, and the guests sufficiently exhilarated with good discourse, sweet music, dainty fare, exhilarationis gratia, pocula iterum atque iterum offeruntur, as a corollary to conclude the feast, and continue their mirth, a grace cup came in to cheer their hearts, and they drank healths to one another again and again which as Fredericus Matinesius was an old custom in all ages in every commonwealth, so as they be not enforced, bibere per violentiam, but as in that royal feast of Ahasuerus, which lasted one hundred eighty days, without compulsion they drank by order in golden vessels, when at what they would themselves. This of drink is a most easy and parable remedy, a common, a cheap, still ready against fear, sorrow, and such troublesome thoughts that molest the mind as brimstones with fire the spirits on a sudden are enlightened by it no better physic saith rhasis for a melancholy man and he that can keep company and carouse needs no other medicines tis enough his countryman avicenna proceeds farther yet and will have him that is troubled in mind or melancholy not to drink only but now and then to be drunk excellent good physic it is for this and many other diseases Manunus will have them to be so once a month at least, and gives his reasons for it, because it scours the body by vomit, urine, sweat, of all manner of superfluities, and keeps it clean. Of the same mind is Seneca the philosopher, in his book De Tranquillitate, Book One, Chapter Fifteen. Nonunquam ut in alius morbis ad ebrietatem usque veniendum. Curas deprimit, tristiatse meritur. It is good sometimes to be drunk, it helps sorrow depresseth cares and so concludes this tract with a cup of wine abes serene carissimi quae ad tranquillitatem anime pertinent but these are epicurial tenets tending to looseness of life luxury and atheism maintained alone by some heathens dissolute arabians profane christians and are exploded by rabbi moses placentius valescus de taranta and most accurately ventilated by johannes sylvaticus a late writer and physician of milan where you shall find this tenet copiously confuted howsoever you say if this be true that wine and strong drink have such virtue to expel fear and sorrow and to exhilarate the mind ever after let's drink and be merry promevercunditum lidestrenua cecubum capaciores puer uc afer siphos et quia vina aut lesbia come lusty lida fill us a cup of sack and sirrah drawer bigger pots we lack and co wines that have so good a smack i say with him in aulus gellius let us maintain the vigour of our souls with a moderate cup of wine natis in usum laetitiae cephis and drink to refresh our mind if there be any cold sorrow in it or torpid bashfulness let's wash it all away nunc vino pellete curas so saith horace so saith anacreon metionta garme cestae let's drive down care with a cup of wine and so say i too though i drink none myself for all this may be done so that it be modestly soberly opportunely used so that they be not drunk with wine wherein is excess which our apostle forewarns for as chrysostom well comments on that place ad laetitium datum est vinum non ad ebrietatem tis for mirth wine but not for madness and will you know where, when, and how that is to be understood? 
vistiscere ubi bonum sit vinum. Audi quid dicat scriptura, hear the scriptures, give wine to them that are in sorrow, or as Paul bid Timothy drink wine for his stomach's sake, for concoction, health, or some such honest occasion. Otherwise, as Pliny telleth, if singular moderation be not had, nothing so pernicious, tis mere vinegar, blandus daemon, poison itself. But here a more fearful doom, Habakkuk 2, 15 and 16, woe be to him that makes his neighbour drunk, shameful spewing shall be upon his glory. Let not good fellows triumph therefore, said Matthiolus, that I have so much commended wine, if it be immoderately taken, instead of making glad, it confounds both body and soul, it makes a giddy head, a sorrowful heart. And twas well said of the poet of old, Vine causeth mirth and grief, nothing so good for some, so bad for others, especially as one observes, qui a causa calida male abent, that are hot or inflamed and so of spices, they alone, as I have showed, cause head melancholy themselves. They must not use wine as an ordinary drink, or in their diet. But to determine with Laurentius, wine is bad for madmen, and such as are troubled with heat in their inner parts or brains. But to melancholy, which is cold, as most is, wine, soberly used, may be very good. I may say the same of the decoction of china roots, sassafras, sarsaparilla, guayacum, china saith manardus makes a good colour in the face takes away melancholy and all infirmities proceeding from cold even so sarsaparilla provokes sweat mightily guayacum dries claudinus montanus capivaccius scoltzii make frequent and good use of guayacum and china so that the liver be not incensed goods for such as are cold as most melancholy men are but by no means to be mentioned in hot the turks have a drink called coffee for they use no wine, so named of a berry as black as soot, and as bitter, like that black drink which was in use amongst the Lacedaemonians, and perhaps the same, which they sip still of, and sup as warm as they can suffer. They spend much time in these coffee-houses, which are somewhat like our ale-houses or taverns, and there they sit chatting and drinking to drive away the time, and to be merry together, because they find by experience that kind of drink, so used, helpeth digestion, and procureth alacrity. Some of them take opium to this purpose. Borage, balm, saffron, gold I have spoken of. Montaltus commends scorzonera roots condite. Garcius ab orto makes mention of an herb called datura, which, if it be eaten for twenty-four hours following, takes away all sense of grief, makes them inclined to laughter and mirth. And another called bauge, like in effect to opium, which puts them for a time into a kind of ecstasy and makes them gently to laugh. One of the Roman emperors had a seed, which he did ordinarily eat to exhilarate himself. Christophorus Ererus prefers bezoar stone and the confection of alchermes before other cordials, and amber in some cases. Alchermes comforts the inner parts, and bezoar stone hath an especial virtue against all melancholy affections. It refresheth the heart and corroborates the whole body. Amber provokes urine, helps the body, breaks wind, etc. After a purge, three or four grains of bezoar stone and three grains of ambergris, drunk or taken in borage or bugloss water, in which gold hot hath been quenched, will do much good, and the purge shall diminish less, the heart so refreshed, of the strength and substance of the body. To bezoar stone most subscribe, Menardus and many others, it takes away sadness, and makes him merry that useth it. I have seen some that have been much diseased with faintness, swooning and melancholy, that taking the weight of three grains of this stone in the water of ox-tongue have been cured. 
Garcias Aborto brags how many desperate cures he hath done upon melancholy men by this alone, when all physicians had forsaken them. But alchemies many except against, and in some cases it may help, if it be good and of the best, such as that of Montpellier in France, which Ioricus Cinturus Itinerario Gallie so much magnifies, and would have no traveller omit to see it made. But it is not so general a medicine as the other. Fernelius Concilium 49 suspects alchemies by reason of its heat, nothing, saith he, sooner exasperates this disease than the use of hot working meats and medicines, and would have them for that cause warily taken. I conclude, therefore, of this and all other medicines, as Thucydides of the plague at Athens, no remedy could be prescribed for it, nam quod uni profuit, hoc alias erat exitio. There is no Catholic medicine to be had, that which helps one is pernicious to another. Dia margaritum frigidum, diambra, dia boraginatum, electuarium litificans galani et resis, digemis, dianthos, dia moscum dulce ramorum, electuarium conciliatoris, syrup sidiniorum de pomis, conserves of roses, violets, fumatory, enula campana, satyrion, lemons, orange pills, condite, etc., have their good use. Every physician is full of such receipts. One only I will add for the rareness of it, which I find recorded by many learned authors as an approved medicine against dotage, head melancholy, and such diseases of the brain. Take a ram's head that never meddled with an ewe, cut off at a blow, and the horns only take away. Boil it well, skin and wool together. After it is well sawed, take out the brains, and put these spices to it, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, mace, cloves. Mingle the powder of these spices with it, and heat them in a platter upon a chafing dish of coals together, stirring them well, that they do not burn. Take heed it be not overmuch dried, or drier than a calf's brains ready to be eaten. Keep it so prepared, and for three days give it the patient fasting, so that he fast two hours after it. It may be eaten with bread, in an egg or broth, or any way, so it be taken. For fourteen days let him use this diet, drink no wine, etc., Gesner, Characterius, Iatro, mention this medicine, though with some variation, he that list may try it, and many such. Odoraments to smell to, of rose water, violet flowers, balm, rose cakes, vinegar, etc., do much recreate the brains and spirits, according to Solomon. Proverbs 27, 9, they rejoice the heart, and as some say, nourish. Tis a question commonly controverted in our schools, an odores nutriant, let Ficinus, Book 2, Chapter 18, decide it. Many arguments he brings to prove it. As of Democritus, that lived by the smell of bread alone, applied to his nostrils for some few days, when for old age he could eat no meat. Ferrarius speaks of an excellent confection of his making, of wine, saffron, etc., which he prescribed to dull, weak, feeble, and dying men to smell to, and by it to have done very much good. Eque fere profuse olfactu et potu as if he had given them drink. Our noble and learned Lord Verulam, in his book De Vita et Morte, commends, therefore, all such cold smells as any way serve to refrigerate the spirits. Montanus, Concilium 31, prescribes a form which he would have his melancholy patient never to have out of his hands. If you will have them spagyrically prepared, look in Oswaldus Crolius. Irrigations of the head shaven, of the flowers of water-lilies, lettuce, violets, chamomile, wild mallows, weather's head, etc., must be used many mornings together. Montanus, Concilium 31, would have the head so washed once a week. 
Lelius, a fonte eugubinus, consultation 44, for an Italian count, troubled with head melancholy, repeats many medicines which he tried, but two alone which did the cure, use of whey made of goat's milk, with the extract of hellebore, and irrigations of the head with water-lilies, lettuce, violets, chamomile, etc., upon the suture of the crown. Piso commends a ram's lungs applied hot to the forepart of the head, or a young lamb divided in the back, exenterated, etc., all acknowledge the chief cure in moistening throughout some saith laurentius use powders and caps to the brain but forasmuch as such aromatical things are hot and dry they must be sparingly administered unto the heart we may do well to apply bags epithems ointments of which laurentius chapter nine de melancholia gives examples Bruel prescribes an epithem for the heart of bugloss borage water-lily violet waters sweet wine balm-leaves, nutmegs, cloves, etc. For the belly make a fomentation of oil in which the seeds of cumin, rue, carrots, dill have been boiled. Baths are of wonderful great force in this malady, much admired by Galen, Aetius, Rhesus, etc., of sweet water in which is boiled the leaves of mallows, roses, violets, water-lilies, weather's head, flowers of bugloss, chamomile, melilot, etc., Guayanere, chapter 8, treatise 15, would have them used twice a day, and when they came forth of the baths, their backbones to be anointed with oil of almonds, violets, nymphia, fresh capon grease, etc. Amulets and things to be borne about, I find prescribed, taxed by some, approved by Renodius, Platerus, Amuleta inquit non negligenda, and others. Look for them in Mesaldus, Porta, Albertus, etc. Basardus Viscontus commends Hypericon, or St. John's wort gathered on a Friday in the hour of Jupiter when it comes to his effectual operation, that is about the full moon in July. So gathered and borne, or hung about the neck, it mightily helps this affection and drives away all fantastical spirits. Philes, a Greek author that flourished in the time of Michael Paleologus, writes that a sheep or kid's skin, whom a wolf worried, aedus in humani raptus ab ore lupi, ought not at all to be worn about a man, because it causeth palpitation of the heart, not for any fear, but a secret virtue which amulets have. A ring made of the hoof of an ass's right forefoot carried about, etc. I say with Renodius they are not altogether to be rejected. Peony doth cure epilepsy, precious stones most diseases. A wolf's dung born with one helps the colic, a spider an ague, etc. Being in the country in the vacation time not many years since, at Lindley in Leicestershire, my father's house, I first observed this amulet of a spider in a nutshell lapped in silk, etc., so applied for an ague by my mother, whom, although I knew to have excellent skill in chirurgy, sore eyes, aches, etc., and such experimental medicines as all the country where she dwelt can witness, to have done many famous and good cures upon diverse poor folks that were otherwise destitute of help. Yet among all other experiments this methought was most absurd and ridiculous. I could see no warrant for it. Quid aranea cum febre? For what antipathy? Till at length rambling amongst authors, as often I do, I found this very medicine in Dioscorides, approved by Matthiolus, repeated by Aldovarandus, chapter de aranea, book de insectis. I began to have a better opinion of it, and to give more credit to amulets, when I saw it in some parties answer to experience. Some medicines are to be exploded, that consist of words, characters, spells, and charms, which can do no good at all, but out of a strong conceit, as Pomponatius proves, or the devil's policy, who is the first founder and teacher of them. End of section 36. 
Recording by Sean Michael Hogan, St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada.